aren't you thankful for the love of a father? His mercy came running after you. He found you right where you were, brought you back into a relationship with him. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful? Hey, if you could be seated this morning in the house of God, I want to also say welcome to those of you who are joining us online, worshiping with us. Also very grateful that you've made time in your day, whether it's Sunday morning or later on in the week, make time to worship with us and grow in the Lord together. Come on, who's grateful to be gathered together as the people of God today in the presence of God? Hey, if you have your Bible with you today, you can turn or click to Joshua chapter 3. And while you're turning or clicking there, have you heard the one about Tom Brady dying and going to heaven? And before you get your hopes up, this, this story I'm about to tell you does not happen this week, so don't get your hopes up too much. And also, I know that's already challenging some of you, but listen, that the idea that Tom Brady could actually end up in heaven, listen, what seems impossible for man is possible with God, amen? So Tom Brady makes it to heaven. God's grace knows no bounds. <laughs> he makes it to heaven, and the Lord is showing him to the mansion that he has prepared for him. How many know it's good news? God is forming and creating a mansion. He has a house for you that he's preparing for you. Amen. Come on, that's good news. I mean, really, do you know that? And so he, the Lord is leading Tom Brady to his mansion, and they come to a neighborhood, and they stop on the corner, and there's a magnificent mansion built on the corner. And it's adorned with red and yellow there's a Tyreek Hill jersey for hanging from one window. There's a Patrick Mahomes jersey hanging from another, a Travis Kelsey from another, and in the midst of the fountain, there's a statue of Andy Reid. <laughs> and Tom Brady says, but Lord, don't you know I played for the Patriots and the Buccaneers? And the Lord responded and said, oh, yes, I know. Your house is down the street. This is my house. <laughs> Just in case, you had any doubt about who the Lord was rooting for next week, just wanted to let you know. All right, hey, if you got your Bible again, let's dig into the, the Word of the Lord. Joshua chapter 3, I want to bring a message to you today from one of my all-time favorite Bible passages. And what we'll pick up here in a moment is the people of God have been rescued out of the place of captivity and bondage. They've been rescued from the slavery of Egypt, and God is taking them, delivering them to the promised land that he has spoken to their fathers, and he is committed to see them through too. And in the middle of the journey, they run into an inconvenience, an interruption, an unforeseen challenge, a barrier to the blessing, a, a, a pitfall before the promise. They run into an unforeseen challenge. And listen, there's a lot that we could draw from this story because in your life, it's also true. There's a promised land that God has for you. There's a place of provision and promise that he has saved you from. He saved you to do so much more than just give you a ticket to heaven. He saved you to live what the word of God declares is an abundant, victorious life. There is a promised land that awaits for you even on this side of eternity. I'm just telling you, as you seek God and live for Jesus and grow in God's word, there are some places he wants to lead you to. But here's the other thing that's always inevitably, invariably true. And I say it often, it bears repeating. And I'm not doing you any favors if I don't strengthen you with this reality and prepare and equip you to understand that anywhere there is kingdom power, kingdom promise, or kingdom potential in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your career, in, in your home, in, in your heart, anywhere there's power, promise, or potential, you better believe that you're gonna stand opposition. You're gonna run into interference, inconvenience, unforeseen things, things that are trying to hinder, hold you back, or cause you to turn around and go back to Egypt instead of pursuing the promised land of God. Listen, isn't that the story that we read all throughout the book of Exodus? Oh, it's what we see, that the people of God who were once crying out to the Lord, Lord, rescue us, don't you see our heavy burdens, our captivity? And God came and he rescued them in miraculous, supernatural ways. You know the story. And just a few miles down the road, they were saying, wouldn't it be better if we just went back to Egypt? And the same thing, we, listen, I, I might judge them if I wasn't so easily able to fall into the same trap. I'm just saying, Lord, maybe I just, maybe this living for Jesus thing, maybe this living for God thing, maybe I could just kind of slide back into a place that was comfortable. And, and I wasn't free, but at least I was provided for, at least I wasn't battling these challenges. Listen, I'm telling you, as the people of God, you have got to be prepared, equipped, and ready to stand and fight with the word of God when the enemy opposes the promises of God in your life. And if you'll do it, you have been equipped. There are weapons of your warfare that are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. They're not according. We don't fight according to the ways of the world. 
We have weapons that are spiritual weapons, that are mighty, that are strong. We have the very word of God that's living and active. It's a two-edged sword. It's an offensive weapon. God has equipped you to win those battles, but you're going to have to be prepared for the fight. Anywhere where there's power, potential, or promise. Listen, it's why there's, it's why there's a battle over your marriage. It's why it's so hard to raise godly children. It's why it's so hard to live the life of faith. Come on, some of the things that come easy to our flesh rarely lead us to the promises of God. It takes discipline, focus, dedication to be found on your knees and in the word of God and in the house of God with the people of God. The enemy always opposes where there's power, potential, or promise. Listen, in a way, that's good news for you. You need to understand in that place where there's conflict, strife, where there's a battle, where there's un unexpected, unforeseen challenges, you need to understand it's because the enemy of your soul sees what's on the other side of the river. He sees what's on the other side of the sea. He sees the place that God is leading you to, inviting you to, calling you to, leading you to. It's the reason that he opposes. Let's pray and then let's dig into God's word and trust him to strengthen us, to remind us of some things, to reveal to us some things to strengthen and equip us to make it through those unforeseen, unexpected interruptions, inconveniences, oppositions, as we're on a journey to the promises of God. So come on, I'm gonna pray for us corporately. Right where you are, man of God, would you ask the Lord to speak to you today? Right where you sit today, woman of God, whether you're in this room or joining us online, ask the Lord to speak to you today, to remind you about some things, to reveal some things in a new way from his heart, from his word. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so thankful Oh, so grateful. What a privilege it is to be able to gather freely as the people of God in the house of God and open up and visit the promises of God. And Lord, help us not to fall into the trap of just coming to church or doing church, Lord. We want to encounter and experience more of your heart, your word, your will, your ways for our lives, God. We say, Lord, we're hearing, we're, we're listening. Our spirit is open. Our heart is alert. Our mind is alert. We say, speak for your servants are listening. Strengthen, Lord, anyone who's weak or weary or wounded, hurting in any fashion, any area of their life, Lord. Physically, Lord, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, Lord, would you come and would you heal? Would you strengthen, Lord? Would you bind up the brokenhearted? Lord, today in the, in the places where there's hopelessness, would you stir hope in a new or fresh way, Lord? Where there's disappointment and where there's discouragement, Lord, bring courage, bring fresh faith, Lord, to once again engage in the journey towards the promises of God. And we thank you, Lord, that that's exactly what you have in your heart for us today. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, come on, with a shout, amen, 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 amen. All right, Joshua chapter three. And listen, I could paraphrase some of this story, but let's just let the word of God do the work this morning and reading in verse two of Joshua three. And it says, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. Listen, how many of you feel like you've just come out of a season that you had never been that way before? Listen, I want to encourage you. There's some things that, we're, that are still yet to come. There's some things we're facing as a church, as a community, as a nation in our culture that we've never been that way before. And I'm telling you that the same thing that is true in this passage that we're about to find is the people of God find themselves along the journey towards the promised land and they've run into the Jordan River. I'm telling you that the same thing is true for you as is true for the people of God. If we'll do what God's word says, if we'll see the presence of the Lord, it says the Ark of the Covenant, that represents to you and to I as New Testament, New Covenant believers, the very presence of God. If we'll follow the presence of God, if we'll say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you speaking? I know what I'm hearing, but what is your heart for me? What is your heart for our church? What is your heart for our community, for Lawrence, Kansas? What's your heart for these United States of America? What is your heart for my marriage, my family, my future? What are you saying? And if we'll be willing to step out and follow what his heart is, what his word is, what his presence is leading us to, we'll find the way forward, even if it's a way that we've never been before. Reading on, Verse 14 of the same chapter, Joshua chapter three, it says, when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. I mean, really, God? 
There's another time of the year that you could have called us and appointed us and ordained for us to come to this place where we could have walked across this very same river and it would have been ankle deep. But he appointed for them to come to that place in the moment of time, in the season of the year where the river was always at flood stage. And listen, I don't get it always, but here's what I understand and I know to be true. I've discovered it over and over and over in my life of faith. God has a way of putting us in situations that require us to desperately need him to show up. If the river had been ankle deep, they could have done it in their own strength. And what they were about to discover is God wants to do things in a way that shows you his power, his glory, his goodness, his faithfulness in your life. Things that seem impossible. You turn to his presence. You follow what he's speaking. You follow what he's saying. He shows up and he sees you through. I don't always get it. I don't understand it. Listen, who's go, who am I talking to that's going through something today? That just, it's, it seems insurmountable. The, the challenges, the difficulty, can you ever get to the other side? Can you ever get to the other end of the problem, the challenge, the unforeseen, unexpected challenge, adversity? I'm just telling you, seek him. I mean, come on, more of Jesus, more of God's word, more of his presence. Be a person of prayer. Be a person of the promises of God. Don't try to do it in your own strength. And don't turn around because if you'll do what God has called you to do, I'm prom I just promise you, I promise you, hear me today, he'll see you through. He will see you through. And it says, yet as soon as the priests, they've come against this river, it's in flood stage, and it says, yet as soon as the priest who carried the ark, they were carriers of God's presence, reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Listen, someone today just needs to take a step of faith. You're praying and you're asking and you're calling and you're waiting for the waters to recede. And God's just saying, I've already given you the courage. I've already given you the strength. I've already given you the command. I've already given you the vision. I've already given you the dream. This is the season. This is the moment to take a step of faith. And when your foot hits the edge of that place that I have called you to step into, just watch how one step of faith, I mean, come on, maybe even a small step, activates the grace of God, the supernatural power of God to make a way where there seems to be no way. I just can't move on from that. There's, there's someone who just needs to make a phone call. There, there's someone who, I mean, there, there's, there's, there's something, there's a step, there's a small step, and, and it seems like there's no way that it could ever happen. I'm telling you, just do your part and trust God to show up and do his part. Reading on verse 17, it says, the priest who carried the ark stopped in the middle of the Jordan. Somebody say, in the middle and stood on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The enemy has a way of causing you to think that the way things look today are the way that they're always going to be. And I'm telling you, you begin to take steps of faith and I just promise you, you'll look up and I don't know if it'll take three days, I don't know if it'll take one moment, I don't know if it'll take six months of faithfulness, praying, petitioning, trusting, seeking, looking to God. But I'm telling you, don't let the enemy convince you that the way it looks today is the way it has to be. Who am I preaching to in your marriage? Who am I preaching to in your financial condition? The enemy loves to come and he takes a snapshot of your life in a painful moment, a difficult season, and he continues to present it and say, see, God isn't really for you. And I'm telling you, God's writing a story and you can't afford to get stuck on one page or one chapter of that story. You gotta keep turning the page. You gotta keep letting God write that story. Don't allow the enemy to take a snapshot of your marriage, a snapshot of your children, a snapshot of your financial condition, a snapshot of that painful moment, and keep you stuck there. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep walking. Take a step of faith. Trust God. Come on, look at someone next to you and just tell them, keep moving. Just keep moving. Don't stay stuck. Don't get stuck. Don't get high-centered in a painful moment. Come on, turn the page. You might be in a difficult season. You might be in a difficult chapter. I'm just telling you, God's not finished writing your story. The way it looks today isn't the way that it has to look tomorrow. You just need to understand that today. What once looked like a raging river is now dry ground. What looked like was a, a situation where they were surely going to be swept away. They're now standing upon the very place that just a few moments ago seemed insurmountable, unpassable, impossible. And it says, turning the page, Joshua chapter 4, in verse one, it says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. Tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. Come on, just say it again, in the middle. 
in the middle. The Lord just has a way of doing his best work in the middle. I mean the deepest, the darkest, the furthest places in your life. And it says, take those 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing. Another translation says, from the very place. I mean the very middle. And carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Reading on verse four. So, so Joshua, he's received the word of the Lord and he called the men together, the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, and each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River, the place that seemed insurmountable, impassable, the place that we just knew we were going under and wouldn't make it, that place, that moment in time, that's the moment that God showed up and that very river stopped flowing when the presence of God went before us, when the Lord, the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones, it says, will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. They built a monument, they built a memorial from the middle. The very stones that the enemy had in mind to cause them to trip up, to cause them to drown, to cause them to become pinned under a raging, roaring situation or circumstance in their life were the very stones that the Lord caused for the people of God to take from that place and build a monument to God's faithfulness in their life. Not just on behalf of themselves, but on behalf of future generations. And how many of you know we need to be telling our children about the faithfulness of God? We're just one generation removed, one generation away from the church of Jesus Christ losing its, its impact. If we don't tell our children, come on, people of God, you need to be real with the challenges that you faced and overcome that the Lord's seen you through. Tell your children about those stories. Be real with them. We're not doing them any favors, just raising them up into a candy-coated Christianity. We gotta be real and say, there was a moment where your dad wasn't standing on the front row worshiping Jesus with all his heart. There was a moment when we weren't serving in our church. There was a moment when we didn't have a family that, was, that had a heart after God. There was, there was a moment when we thought the addiction was gonna take us down. There was a moment where we were on the brink of divorce, but God showed up. In that very place that the enemy wanted to use, to bury us and pin us, it's the very place where now there's a memorial of God's faithfulness. It's a sign and it's a testament that something that seemed impossible, God made a way because we were willing to turn to his presence and take just one step of faith at a time. I don't know what that place looks like for you, the middle place. I don't know what it looked like for you as we went through 2020 unprecedented times, you heard that often, you know, and I get what they were talking about. I mean, it was kind of, it was a very challenging year, obviously, in a lot of ways. But, you know, we heard that. How many of you heard that? Unprecedented times, unprecedented times, unprecedented times. And the enemy always has a tendency to cause us to think that what we're going through in that moment is the worst it's ever been or ever will be. And I'm just telling you, you need to make sure that you remember it right. I'm coming out of 2020, and it was painful. It was challenging. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it a little bit more here in a moment, but I'm coming out of it. I'm choosing to remember the faithfulness of God in my life. I don't know what that moment was like for you. I don't know what that in-the-middle moment, that rock-bottom moment is that you're currently walking through, even though we've turned the calendar. I know for me, as we were entering into the month of March and all the stuff was kind of swirling around us and I was endeavoring to just serve and lead and, 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 and make decisions on behalf of our church family that were honoring to God in light of everything that was swirling around us and the things that we were hearing. And how do we know that you, you cannot believe everything that you hear? We've learned that. But that's where I was. I was making decisions on behalf of our church family along with our elders and our staff and we were seeking the Lord for what to do and where to turn and how to proceed and how to move forward because we know that there's a promise for this church. We know that there are some things we're yet to step into. And we know, we knew in that moment we weren't gonna let a season of opposition cause us to forfeit or lay down the promises of God. We knew it was just part of the journey. 
And that if we would turn to God like the people of Israel did, seek his presence and continue to take steps of faith, even though it was difficult, even though it was painful, even though maybe it was a way we hadn't been before, that God would do what his word says he'll do. Take all things and work them out together for the good of what? Those people who love God and who are called according to his purpose. I don't know what that moment was like for you, that middle moment, that darkest place, that darkest moment. But I can remember the feeling that I was standing in this very place, preaching to an empty sanctuary and looking right into a camera that was set up right about there, just beyond where Clint Kiefer's sitting right here on a tripod and a stand that we had kind of manufactured out of some tables and chairs. I'm sure it would not have been OSHA approved. And I was preaching into that camera and there was a team of people who were so courageous and faithful and committed to come and to help us as we were rallying as a team and, and what we had in place as a vision to begin doing in about a year and a half from now, the Lord saw fit for us to have to do it in about two weeks' time. And I was preaching into that camera to, to continue to encourage our church family with the word of God and the promises of God. And, and those people who were faithful to come and serve were privy to it. They, they experienced it. They lived it. They walked it. They witnessed it along with me. There were moments in time where you might not have been aware, but I experienced. And I'm not trying to equate what I experienced with maybe the magnitude of what some other people have or are currently experiencing, but I would experience in that moment an intensity of spiritual warfare that would manifest in my heart and in my mind and in my physical body in a way that I could only describe as a panic attack. Where I couldn't even catch my breath to continue to release the word of God. And I would have to just say, guys, we're going to have to take a moment. I've just got to spend some time and just pray and just worship. And the people who were here would turn on praise and worship. And we would pray and we would, we would worship and we would persevere so that the word of God could continue to get out. I'm not sure what your in the middle moment was. But for me... I'm so grateful that there were people who came around me and just continued to encourage me to continue steadfast in the purposes of God. Because here's what I know now looking back, and you'll see some more about it here in a moment because we're gonna highlight, we're gonna celebrate some of the things that even in the midst of a difficult, painful, trying season, a season that we had never been this way before, that God continued to move and God continued to, to reach and God continued to impact and God continued to save and God continued to rescue and God continued to restore people through you and through, through me, through us, through this ministry, through Rev City Church, through a group of committed Christ followers who were not willing to let an interruption, an opposition, an inconvenience cut us off from the purposes of God, the promises of God that he's spoken over us as a people and over us as a church and invited us to be a part of in partnership with him to make a difference in this city and in this nation because how many of you know that Lawrence, Kansas needs Jesus Christ? The United States of America needs a great awakening, a revival, a, a turning to God. What I understand now is that what the enemy was presenting as opposition, what I was feeling in that moment, I mean the weight. And I, and I don't mean in a positive way, like the weight of God's glory or the way, I mean something that was trying to take me down and take me out and cause me to run or flee from God's purpose for my life. And what I understand is that there was an intense spiritual warfare. What I, I was getting a chance to walk through what I say and preach and repeat to you often that anywhere there's power, promise, or potential, there's opposition. And what I understand now looking back is that when the enemy was coming to try to divide and isolate and silence the church of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ was using that very moment that I was preaching in that camera to launch churches in every home, every office, every vehicle, every corner, every place that anyone had an internet connection, they were gonna tune in and hear the word of God. And we reached people through that season and through that year that we would never have reached if not for the opposition. God turned it into an opportunity the very place that he was trying to drown us and trap us and pin us. I'm just telling you, because we were willing, I mean, listen, we, don't, we, don't, we can't take too much of the credit. Most of what God does, he does in spite of us. But I'm telling you, you do have a part to play. And the question for you is when you're in that moment, are you gonna do what the people of God did? Are you gonna turn to God's presence? Are you gonna begin to go after where his presence is calling you and leading you to? Are you gonna be willing to take the step of faith into the impossible situation? I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know what you went through. I don't know what you're going through. But I know if you'll do that, just turn to Jesus. Just turn to God. 
Just, just surrender your heart, surrender your life, surrender your circumstances, surrender your will, surrender your preferences, surrender your opinions, and just say, Lord Jesus, I'm in a place that seems insurmountable, unpassable, impossible. I'm just telling you, if you'll surrender it to him, if you'll turn to him, I, I don't know who I'm preaching to in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, in your mind, in your body, I don't know what it is, but I'm just telling you, he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. God will use the very boulders, the very rocks, the very stones that Satan is trying to use to trip you, drown you, and bury you. And if you'll turn to God, he'll take those very stones, those very boulders, and he'll use them. I don't know how long it'll take, but you'll look back and you'll see that those places that the enemy wanted to trip you, drown you, bury you, God will turn those very moments into a monument, a testament, a memorial of God's faithfulness. I'm just telling you, he's still in the business of turning tests into testimonies and messes into messes if you'll turn to God and seek him with all of your heart. One of the things that we do as a church every year, and I just felt it was even more pressing, more important, more critical, more urgent that we do it this year, to make sure that we don't come out of a painful season, an unforeseen season, some unexpected challenges, unforeseen things that we had to navigate that we, don't, that we would come out of this year, out of 2020, and that we, would, that we would be sure to remember all the ways that God was faithful, all the ways he continued to move, all the ways that he saw us through, all the ways that he delivered us to places that we didn't deserve and, and saved us from things we never even knew about. Come on, we have, most times it's, it's, it's true, we have more to be thankful for than we have to be concerned about. If we're willing to just stop and just say, Lord, it's hard for me to even count the ways that you've been faithful, that you've seen us through, the times and the places and the ways that the enemy said we weren't going to make it, that we couldn't make it, that it was impossible, and here we are still standing. One of the things we do as a church is we gather and we say, let's look back at the previous year and let's document, let's chronicle, let's appreciate, let's not take for granted all the ways, all the things that God moved in our midst. God used us as we partnered with him to reach people, to bring hope to people to preach Jesus to people. One of the things we do is we put together a video that just chronicles just a few. Listen, there are definitely some things that maybe you were invested in or a part of that didn't make the video. It does not mean that they were unappreciated or taken for granted. These are just a few of the things that you and I had a part in, partnering with God to be a blessing to our community. Would you take a look at this? And just enjoy, appreciate some of the things that God did, even in a challenging season, a season where we hadn't been before. Watch all the ways that God continued to be faithful. It's a new day. It's a new year. And I hope that you'll receive some things this morning that I want to challenge you to because of what I believe is possible for you as we enter into a new year. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that God created things to operate in seasons and cycles, and he created it to set it up this way that we'll get the opportunity to take another trip around the sun and call it a new year of 2020. So I, I want to encourage you, seize the opportunity to reflect on what this previous year looked like for you in every area of your life that's important to you and important to God. Get real with him. And I believe if we'll do that this morning, I really believe that there's some things that God wants to show us in his word and some invitations that he's gonna give us individually as men and women of God and corporately as the church family, this body of believers known as Rev City Church, that I believe if we'll grab onto those things, I really believe that 2020 has a chance to be an amazing year. Did not say a year without problems or difficulties or adversity or unforeseen things.
I believe if we'll grab onto those things, I really believe that 2020 has a chance to be an amazing year. Did not say a year without problems or difficulties or adversity or unforeseen things. I'm talking about a year in which we are closer to, nearer to, and deeper in the things of God where it doesn't matter what we go through. Because he's with us and he's for us. And there's a strength that we're drawing upon that's not our own strength. And there's a grace that we're depending upon that is not of our own strength. Well, hey, Rev City friends and family. Hey, stand to your feet if you're here with us in person. I want to also say welcome to our Rev City family and friends joining us online. Who's glad to be in the house of God this morning? It's good to be with you once again. This is where I was supposed to give some practicals, but I'm about to lose it up here. Gosh, we've missed y'all. And we're so excited because I believe that the Lord has some good things in store today here. And for those of you watching at home, I believe that he is here to meet with you as well. reason that we had the opportunity in this season to renovate this facility was because of the faithfulness of a previous generation and the faithfulness of the Lord to that generation. That in a previous generation, it was the faithfulness to gather together and to trust the Lord for the resources and the faith to come and purchase this land and build this building. And in this season, our, our generation, this generation of, of believers in this church, our word from the Lord was to renovate it.
And so this offering today is launching, it's, it's, it's dedicating this facility, but it's also launching the Heart for the Kingdom Fund. It's the fund from which we have already stepped out in faith and committed to the Insight Women's Center that Rev City Church is going to provide all the equipment that's necessary for their new examination room so that they can reach more precious mamas and, and bring, come alongside them and bring hope and encouragement to them. You know, we want women when they come in here to feel the difference. They may not understand what's different about our place than other places. It just provides an opportunity for us to talk with them about Jesus. This is our second exam room, and this is the room that the Heart for the Kingdom Fund helped fund for us. It has been our desire for a number of years to have a fatherhood initiative. We have five men that have volunteered to help with our fatherhood program. We're going to have men come in here and we're going to meet with them while our volunteers are meeting with the women. We know that the most influential person in a woman's life when she's making a pregnancy decision is the man. And 87% of women will go ahead and carry their baby to term if the guy will say, okay, let's do this. So because of that, we realize how important it is. So as you can tell, this room is a little bit more gender neutral than the rest of the center because we want men to feel welcome in here as well. The other thing that's gonna happen in here is some new services we're starting, and that's STI and STD treatment. Once we have done the testing, we'll schedule them to come back and we'll have a nurse meet with them. We'll do treatment of that. Even if it's positive or negative, it gives us another opportunity to have a relationship with these women. We'll get to talk about Jesus with them. So for now, that's really the plan and the heart of what, what we'll be doing in this room. That's amazing. Wow. That's so exciting. Trying to, to say something to you. Thank you for praying for us, for helping us. Thank you very much. God bless you. So, we thank you. As we look at what God has done over these years, we are so thankful. God has been good this year. I've been able to be a part of improving Bible translations in 15 different languages of Mexico. We ask you to continue to pray and sacrifice with us that this gospel witness may continue. God's word cannot be stopped. Thank you so, so much for your support, for your love, for your prayers. I couldn't be here without you guys. I love you, I miss you.
Thank you for your faithfulness over the last year to serve, support, and be part of what God is doing in and through Rev City Church. You know, God's word says in Romans 8 that he is able to work all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We are so grateful to be part of a church that loves God, serves people, and remain connected and committed to the purpose for our church family in 2020. And more than ever, I'm convinced that our community, our culture, needs what Rev City is all about. Introducing people to a life-changing, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And helping believers to be strengthened in the Word of God, strengthened in their faith, to live in the abundant, victorious life of Jesus. And I'm also convinced that as we remain focused on loving God and serving people, the best is yet to come. He's faithful. He takes what the enemy presents as opposition. He turns it to opportunity. Come on, for those who love God and remain called according to his purpose. Listen, I really believe what I just said in the end of the video. The best is yet to come. Amen? Listen, one more passage, and then I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord, receive from him, and then we're going to worship and get you out about your day. Verse 8, chapter 4. And it says, so the men did as Joshua commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. But catch this. This is where the Lord really showed me something that I believe is going to bless you and encourage you and minister to you today. Catch this. Verse 9. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan. At the place, another translation says the very place where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are there to this day. Catch this. They built a monument. They built a memorial. One that they took with them into the promised land. They took it to Gilgal. They, they carried it with them and they built another one that they left right there in that painful moment. Right there in the middle of the deepest, the darkest, the furthest place. The place of opposition. And listen, one of the greatest things that you can apprehend in the Lord to help you to make it through the opposition to the promises of God is an ability to begin to discern and a willingness to obey. Lord, what am I called to leave behind? What am I called to take with me? What are the things that you would have me to leave in this place? That the waters, the baptismal waters, the, the water of God's grace washing over will come and cover that it'll be left there forevermore, that, that it'll be a place of remembrance. But what are the other things that you're calling me to take with me, those testaments of your faithfulness that I'm supposed to take in my life and say, look what the Lord has done. Would you stand to your feet? And I'm gonna give you an opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit that very question. That very question. And listen, I, I just felt... I, I don't, for some people, 2020 wasn't all bad. If you were an introvert and you stayed healthy and your job just shifted online or whatever, maybe there were some even, even some ways where you experienced some blessing in 2020. But here's what I know is that for many people, it was heavy and it was hard. It was an interruption, an inconvenience, an opposition, a moment that, is, is that risks keeping you from really moving forward to the promises of God. And so in this, in this season, throughout the month of January, I just felt led to just give some time and some space to just give you the opportunity to reflect on the faithfulness of God and to really allow the Holy Spirit to show you some of the things that He does not want you to carry forward towards the promises of God. What are the things in your life, in your marriage, the things that the enemy has entered into and tried to, to, to cause you to become tripped and, and drowned and buried under? That today the Lord wants to say, instead of being tripped, instead of being drowned, instead of being buried, take that thing and present it in my presence and just watch how I'll turn it into a memorial of my faithfulness, of my rescuing you, preserving you, saving you, strengthening you, seeing you through to the other side. What are those things for you? 
Maybe those things that you once were set free from and rescued from the bondage or the captivity of Israel, but they're chasing you down. That addiction, that dependency, that fear, that anger, that insecurity, that doubt, that strife in your relationship, whatever it is, what are those things that today the Lord would have you to present those things and say, I'm leaving these things right here. And when the water comes back, it's gonna cover those things up and it'll be there standing as a testament of what God did in that season, but I'm not going back to that place. I'm moving on to the promises of God and I'm taking some things with me. What are those things for you? Would you right now just, just close your eyes, bow your heart, focus your spirit, and just ask the Lord, Lord, would you show me the things that are in your heart for me to take forward? We celebrate those things. But the things that you would have me to lay down in this place, I present those things to you. And I lead us to do this often, but maybe you would want to just lift your hands before the Lord. It's a powerful posture because it's a posture that is surrendering those things, laying those things, leaving those things in the presence of God, casting that care upon him where he cares for you. And in that same posture, it's a posture of receiving the things that he wants to impart, refresh, renew, deliver to you that are going to strengthen you and see you through that new season of, of walking forward towards the promise of God for your life. Come on, just one moment. One more moment, just do business with the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. We can't do these things in our own strength, Lord, but thank you that it's your heart, it's your desire, Lord. If we'll just take the step, Lord, if we'll just be real with you, if we'll just be mindful of what you're speaking, God. You, when you reveal something in us, it's always because you wanna heal something in us. It's never to shame us, it's never to condemn us, it's never to hinder us or hold us back, it's always to set us free so that we can begin to move forward. And I thank you, Lord, that that's the very thing that you would do right now, right now. I mentioned a few things. I don't know what those things are for you. Addiction, dependency, fear, insecurity, doubt, anger, hostility, strife. What are those things? Leave it in the presence of God today. And in that place, thank you, Lord, that you would bring courage, that you would bring hope, that you would bring peace, that you would bring breakthrough, Lord, freedom, God, that you would bring strength, God. Your grace and your mercy, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And lastly, before we worship, one more time together, the most important thing that we do every time we gather as the people of God here at Rev City is give you an opportunity to dedicate or rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're in this room or you're joining us online and maybe you once knew God, served God, grew up in the church, but you've drifted from God, you're what the Bible would refer to as a prodigal son or daughter. Or maybe you've never experienced what it feels like to have the weight of guilt and sin and shame removed off of your shoulders in a way that you could never earn, never deserve, and never do in your own strength. It's the reason that God sent Jesus to live a perfect life, offer up his life for us at the cross of Calvary, and then be risen back to life so that we can have life forevermore. Listen, if that's you, you're a prodigal son or daughter, you've never given your life to Jesus, never been forgiven, never been washed clean, never been made whole, never been reconciled to a relationship that transcends religion, a relationship with your heavenly father. If that's you right now, don't delay, lift your hand high towards heaven and say, that's me, Pastor D. That's me, that's me, I'm coming home, I need Jesus, I need forgiveness. I've drifted from God, I need more of him in my life. Listen, if you're online, whether you're watching this on Sunday morning live or sometime later on in the week, you might even be by yourself. I think it's important that you would maybe stand from where you are or pull the car to the side of the road, lift your hand high towards heaven. You are not responding to a person, not responding to a preacher. You're responding to a heavenly father who's calling you back to a place of relationship with him. One more moment, just lift your holy hands if that's you. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people in this room. Thank you for the people that are responding in the online setting. And here's what we're gonna do. We, God sees those hands, we see those hands. And you can put them down if you'd like. We're gonna pray this prayer with you. And listen, if you're part of this church family, you know what's coming. We're gonna pray this with those precious people who responded to Jesus through the lifting of their hand. An outward sign of what God's doing inwardly in their heart. And we do it for a couple of reasons. Hear me if you lifted your hand. H hear me, we do it because we wanna quickly show you there's a church family. There's a place, there's a people, there's a church that wants to come alongside you and quickly begin to encourage you and strengthen you forward to your fresher new relationship in Jesus Christ. And two, we do it because we recognize, we realize that even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We need the grace of God in 2021 just the same way we did in 2020. It's on His grace that we stand, amen? So come on, let's pray it with all of our heart. Come on, pray it boldly with me today. Many people giving their lives to Jesus today. Come on, repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a Savior. 
And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could not pay, to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you that life. I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Come on, say it one more time. I'll never be the same and then rejoice with all of heaven for all those precious people who came home to Jesus today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, those of you who responded here in this room, we would love to just encourage you. There's a Bible we would love to give you, some resources we would love to give you. If you just stop by the Welcome Center on your left on your way out, listen, this is a thing that we are gonna celebrate with you. So just stop by and just say, I rededicated my life to the Lord today. They'll put that Bible, those resources in your hand. If you're online, you dedicated or rededicated your life to the Lord, we wanna send that same Bible, those same resources to you. If you're in the continental United States, you can text us, New Life, to our text code 30500. If you're international, we'd love to send those same things to you, but you'll have to email us. You can email newlife at revcity.com. Hey, let's worship the Lord one more time together today. And, and come on, can we just thank the Lord for his faithfulness, the things he's seen us through, the things he's leading us to. He's been so faithful, so good. Come on, let's worship.